I know, like, you throw a ball and you have to be at the base before a ball gets there. <laughs> Sometimes they say out before, like, they even try to throw the ball. Welcome to What Should I Watch? A podcast to learn about interesting and inspiring Korean TV shows, aka Korean dramas. I'm your host, T, and every week I help a guest with what to watch next. The catcher like has an opportunity to like get in his head, so he's like, oh Hey, what's up, little boy? Like, <laughs> oh my God. You're not having a good day, are you? Oh, this one's gonna blow right by you. Referees saying like it's safe or out or something like that with the, the catchers. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, how do you know? Like that to me looks like out. That to me looks like I don't know. Like it's. Hi. Thanks for tuning in. This is What Should I Watch? I'm your host T, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hurricane Hillary. I'm here. Is it hurricane now? It is. It's a hurricane. Wait, which one is higher, hurricane or typhoon? Or are they different? I don't know about typhoons because I live in America. But it starts out as a tropical depression, I think, and then a tropical storm, storm, and then it reaches a hurricane when the winds are certain So right now it's a hurricane one. That's crazy. Hurricane Hillary. Hillary. That's hilarious. Hilarious. Ha, ha, ha. Hi. Good morning. It, it is morning. I think it's okay to throw in a couple of dad jokes because it's been so dark and depressing the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Talking about oppression and human rights and all that. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, you just got to switch it up every once in a while. Right. Yeah. We have the full range of complex emotions and feelings as humans, so why not mix it up? <laughs> Kind of like our world has the full range of weather right now. Yeah, crazy. I saw this news on Tuesday or Monday. I can't remember. It was probably Monday because Monday here is Tuesday, August 15th in Korea. And they said Putin and Kim Jong-un exchanged a phone call or they met. I think mm. the the screen showed that they were like meeting together. So right. maybe they met. I don't know. But... Putin said congratulations for the Korean Liberation Day. Mm. And he's like, well, you know, this is this is great. We need to move forward and <laughs> build a great country together. And I was like, this is, this is really weird. Like, yeah. that shows, like, you know, it really hasn't been that long. Right. You know, it's been 78 years since, you know, Korea got out of the whole oppression and there was North Korea it was just one Korea right so it makes sense but also like Putin and Kim Jong-un meeting separately yeah together and saying like let's plan a great country together or something I don't know (laughs) it was just so weird and like it's hard to like pinpoint what what I was feeling like yeah weird no I can imagine that would be a strange yeah, just the country went through so much in like the past decade, so. But yeah, like I said, it's been kind of dark 
So let's switch up the mood a little bit. Well, we started out with the summer stuff as light and fluffy, and then it turned, (laughs) it went down that road, huh, I guess. I didn't really think about it, though, being dark. It's just, you know, the nature of the content sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think of it as dark, necessarily. It's just sad for me. Yeah, sad. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, especially if a Jewish listener is listening, maybe this comes off as something dark. Yeah. I think that's the common point. It's not just being colonized. It's the oppression and... Right. Or blatant that, killing or just trying to get rid of your race. Yeah. You that's know? what Koreans went through by yeah. the Japanese, imperial Japanese. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. I think... That's unique. doesn't happen that much. Right. But anyway, today's drama is a little bit related to what we talked about in the past two weeks minus the oppression so i briefly covered how so much happened in the 19th century like whole western culture trying to come in and they go to china they go to japan and right you know koreans starting to drink coffee the last king of korea gojong he's the one that imported coffee and he's like whoa this this stuff is pretty good right yeah, and there's whole there's some like palace maid or somebody. I guess she's the one that she was like her job was just to serve the king coffee. coffee. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know if she worked That's in the great. kitchen or I don't know like, and I feel like maybe some of her stories like a little bit like fictionalized. But there's a book about her. I think um, I don't remember now. It's been so long. But anyway. So coffee came to Korea, and I'm sure a lot of stuff um, Koreans were interested in, like Western clothing. Yeah, and that was something like, kind of some women were interested, but like they are also kind of like that's taboo. Right. You're abandoning this, you know, valuable Confucian ideas and yeah. all that. You know, it was, but yeah, there are a lot of stuff, and you know, it's kind of interesting time period, um, and you know, I'm not even like history buff or anything like that, but. You know, it's it's fun part of the history um, in Korea, right before the sad thing happens. Do you remember when I said after the battles, Korea and the U.S. officially established friendship? Yeah, I think so. They so had, they had sort of a pact or something. Yeah. Partnership. Yeah, basically they said, "No, we are not friends. We're officially, you know, trading or." Whatever, you guys are welcome, vice versa. I don't know how Koreans can get to America, but, you know, (laughs) we're not going to attack you when you try to dock your ship in Korea. Was it, did did they have anything about, like, exchanging goods, or was it just more like, uh, we're not going to kill each other? No, just, like, saying, like, okay, we're officially establishing relationship from this point on. There's no, like, trade or anything like... Nothing like that. Like you know, specific, specific rules about that. It's just saying like, okay, we're not enemies at this point. It's not like, you know, right now, US and Iran or Cuba, they're not, they don't have a relationship. They only have bad relationship. Right. They're enemies. So basically saying, you know, okay, now we're establishing relationship from this point on. So that happened in the 19th century. And Korea started getting a lot of stuff from America. Mm including I mean missionaries were there before but one of the things that came to Korea 
is now a big part of Korean culture. Can you guess what that is? I think I know where this is going. Okay. <laughs> I think you're talking about... I know it's coffee. I know coffee's crazy in Korea, like coffee culture, cafe culture. And yeah. That. Yeah, and, well, and coffee is also... I mean, Americans and Europeans got coffee from places like Africa and, and you know, other parts right. of the world. It was, a, it was very much a world thing, you know, yeah. and every culture is different in how they celebrate coffee. But I'm thinking you're talking about America's, what used to be America's favorite pastime, which was baseball. You're a genius. Is that right? What do you say used to be? Well, is it not America's <laughs> favorite anymore? I don't know. Maybe is it more American watching soccer now? <laughs> well, America invented that game football, not soccer, but football. Yeah, and people seem to like that. And uh, I don't know. It seems like people are always talking trash about baseball, but the people that love baseball love baseball. So it's definitely uh, it was there probably the longest, and I don't know. It's it's uh, it's great. I love it, but I think that you know. Maybe it doesn't have quite as much interest. Hmm. Something to think about. Yeah. But yeah, so that ended up somehow getting to Korea, huh? Yeah. So when a lot of American culture came to Korea in the nineteenth, late nineteenth century, baseball came, and there wasn't anything like that in Korea. I mean, Korea had a lot of traditional sports, but also you know Korea had long history of. Class division, mm. like low class royals, and you know everyone right. in between, or something like that. So, you know, even like sports were kind of divided. Like archery, like Korea is known for really strong archery teams yeah. in the Olympics, and for years and years, um, that's historically known to be some sort of like royal or noble sports, because you have to have horse first of all, and you have to have this for vet- archery. Yeah. Oh, as a sport. I mean, oh. I, people would learn how to shoot archery and stuff yeah, like that. But sure. like as a sport, as a uh, you know pastime sports, yeah, that was a noble thing, right? Yeah. So, um, what about cricket? Did they ever get cricket? <laughs> no. That's kind of a. Up but there you know what? There's a um. You know the game uh like a beanbag toss. Cornhole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's something similar to that in Korea. It's okay. a traditional yeah. sport. Yeah, but there are a lot of interesting sports, but nothing like baseball. And, you know, I, I can totally imagine how, like, missionaries could use that to kind of bond with the kids and right. bond with the village people, you know, because a lot of people were kind of against these foreigners. A lot, I think the majority of Koreans were thinking, like, these are the evil that trying to take over Korea. They were yeah. very defensive in, sure. in general, you know. And protective, and yeah, they didn't want to... Yeah. They, they probably didn't trust them yet. That's why, like, China opened their relationship with a lot of Western countries. Japan did the same, but Korea was still locking up the door, and, you know, like, we're not sure about you guys. You right. Know? But yeah, so baseball came, and now, I don't know if you, the listeners are aware of this, but baseball in Korea is, like... I mean, if somebody doesn't care about K-pop or K-drama or anything like that, they love baseball. Baseball is their religion to that level. So maybe like what baseball was to Americans in like, you know, 80s, 70s, maybe that's what it is. But imagine like there's so much technology now in Korea. Yeah. So combined with that, this whole baseball business in Korea is just ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. 
I've uh, yeah, I've uh, I understand it big. It's much different, like the things that they do and what we do in America, like how intense the games are and how intense the um, crowd is. The crowd part, yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm not sure about the game because I don't follow baseball, but right. The intensity of crowd yeah. and like the fan whatever like mentality like yeah they have like a lot of fan games and they sing and they you know they have yeah. chants and, and it's stuff. not just individual kind of thing yeah, you're in this group, as a yeah. whole big group as a fan yeah that's it, the big difference it kind of reminds me of a an audience at a american soccer game versus one uh in england um, you know in england everyone's like standing up for right. their team and yeah, they're like creating exactly. songs and they all know the songs they right. all sing together and it's just chaos like yeah crazy experience yeah that's kind of my impression of baseball for uh koreans yeah you're not wrong and what else is popular when you think of korea or korean culture as far as sports or just anything? just in general um technology <laughs> <laughs> food food yes food korean food so imagine this baseball combined with food culture it's just it's crazy. You have to experience that. So, one of the things. So you mean like the food you get at the games? Yeah, stadium. Oh, dude, I didn't think about that. That's so great. I've been to a couple of baseball games in America, and hot I've dogs, never, man. I never went to baseball games in Korea, like even when I was a kid. So, I I don't know what to expect. I didn't know like what it was like, but. When I went to baseball games here, I was like, this is not fun. Like, beers are like $20 and like <laughs> some freaking chips or whatever. It's like $10. I mean, I'm like, I'm not going to spend $100 on these junk food. And it's supposed to be like just some, you know, fun experience. But it's like so stressful. And the menu is not like, it's pretty much all the same menu. There's nothing really, no variety. And I don't know. It was just like, you know kind of underwhelming experience. Yeah, for sure. But if you go to Korean, not just baseball, Korean sports game, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to know the sports. Right. You just go there to eat and have fun with the crowd. Oh, that's That's great. why you go there. And you make so much, so many friends while you're right. like, cheering and, or you don't even have to know the song. You're just in, in, the, in that vibe, you know, just kind of like hanging out together and eating and kind of drinking beer together. And if you're interested in what I'm talking about, um, check out this YouTuber, More Best Ever Food Review Show. <laughs> this is the wow. actual, he's, his the channel title? name. Yeah, More <laughs> Best Ever Food Review Show. He recently, <laughs> it looks like he lived in Korea a little bit because like he speaks pretty good Korean in his videos. So he's American? Yeah, he's American and one of the his, one of his recent videos is about Korean baseball stadium. So he goes to Korea, he goes to Busan game, and he's basically filming all the food. He, this, his video is like mukbang, mm. um, which I guess now became the standard word for like eating YouTube videos. Mm, okay. Yeah, but mukbang is Korean word. So, so that's what he does for his YouTube, and he goes to Korean baseball stadium. He orders everything he could, and he like he was like, I can't possibly order everything because there's so much food right. and so many different foods. So and, many different types, yeah. And then he's like pointing at beers like, $3? What? Like, guys, in the U.S., we are being robbed, you know? <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, it's, it really does get crazy. And then you can get like a full like a meal, like a full Korean meal, not just right. like street food kind of thing. Yeah, it goes crazy. And, you know, I have a friend who visited Korea um, a while ago and she's not a sports person at all. Like not just baseball, but she doesn't like sports. Right. And she went there and her husband wanted to check out Korean baseball stadium. Yeah. And she was like, oh my God, I want to go, I want to go again. Like, it's mm. so much fun to just sit there and then like be with people. And like, she was all about it. Right. So yeah, I feel like maybe I should go check out next time. But cool. you're right. Like the chant and the whole like fan thing together. And the big thing is like, there's no metal detector. There's no like, you know, clear back only kind of thing. And there's mm-hmm. no like no liquid or something, you know. I mean, it's it's like going to the park, literally. Right. When you go to park, you bring your own whatever and, you know. I mean, this might sound a little kind of crazy to American. Like, oh, what if somebody brings gun? What if somebody brings, you know, whatever. But I mean, well, I don't know. it's don't, hard to explain. Like, they don't have guns in Korea. They don't have guns. So and that's not an issue. People don't think about bringing something... I don't know. It's different mentality, different social. Well, the, the why do you think it is that, you know, for for example, your experience with an American baseball game. You know, why do you think it's different? Like, what what's the reason that America has this, is this way with their baseball stadiums? For example, I have no idea. I mean, for me, there was a time where you know, you would go to a baseball game and it wasn't about, you know, like you, for those reasons that you're talking about, you go and you watch the game and you hang out with people and you meet people and you have a beer. It just seems like what Koreans are not necessarily willing to do and what Americans are willing to do is make everything about business, money, profit, because, you know, there's okay hey you're gonna come to a movie theater you're gonna come to a baseball game while you're here you've already paid for tickets you don't have anything to eat so it's an opportunity for me as a business to Mm. jack up the price and not not doesn't mean i'm gonna like spend money on as an owner spend money on good food no i'm gonna get something cheap jack up the price and make as much profit as possible isn't that crazy to think about that yeah, I think but that makes sense. That's yeah. pretty much what happens to us. Because we're in an environment that we can't, we've got no other choice. They know that we're going to buy these drinks <laughs> and these foods. So they, but see, that's the mentality. It's not about like creating a great experience. It's about yeah. making as much money as possible. And it wasn't always like that. Like baseball, you're talking about the heyday of baseball. I mean, you're talking about the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. This is before the World Wars. People would go to the parks, like there was big name people like Babe Ruth, for example. You know that name. Mm -hmm. You know, he was around before the war. And uh, he was probably the most famous person in the world. But you went back then and you got a hot dog and you got a drink and it it wasn't that expensive. It wasn't about that. You know, it was about this this group of people coming together and doing something American and fun. And it's just interesting how all that's changed, right? Yeah. So the reason I'm saying that is because... What's interesting is now, if you want to have that kind of experience at a baseball game, you can go and experience that in Korea, <laughs> not in the U.S. You know, in fact, so during the COVID, like 2020, when first started, and yeah. 2021, America stopped Major League, right? Yeah, I think they did, right? Yeah, so yeah. There were, they canceled the baseball. Sports, yeah. I, re- I think I remember um, whatever the team name is, Florida, 
that was like a big breakout or something. The and, Marlins or something, yeah. And then that's yeah, but I don't know. So they, I remember they uh, suspended all the games, but Korea was still having the games. Yeah. So <laughs> ESPN started airing Korean baseball. Oh, really? Cool. So American audience started seeing like Korean baseball. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, what is this? Like, you know, because it is kind of like you're right, like you know. Premier League football, like, you know, everybody's chanting together, everybody's, like, in this whole group kind of thing, you know, yeah. the whole family. So, yeah, I read, like, Americans kind of were really interested in Korean baseball culture. Not maybe necessarily game, because right. <laughs> obviously American baseball the plays better, but, yeah, I guess that's when, that's that was the first time that Korean baseball culture was introduced to America. So after maybe, like, a century from 19th century to now, after over a little bit century, now Korea is exporting baseball culture to America. Yeah, and and players, we're getting you know we've had a few players over the years, yeah. high profile players yeah. in the in the majors. So that's oh, that's good. right. Yeah, you know what? One of the things I heard from, I think my grandma's friend told me this a while ago. She said when Japanese were colonizing Korea, you know, like I said, it's not just about colonization, it's just, uh, you know, it's being stolen of all basic human rights, and so she said she had a dog in her front yard. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a nice house, it's just an old Korean humble house, and she was sitting on her front porch, and this Japanese soldier, Japanese police, basically, um, group of Japanese soldier was walking in front of their house and they saw the dog because these old Korean houses don't really have door or wall. It's just very open community. So they were walking and they saw this dog and for no reason, they were just walking by, right? They went up to the dog and they slashed the dog's genital and she couldn't say anything. She couldn't scream. She couldn't do, like she couldn't protest or this Japanese soldier doing their whatever fun thing to their dog. Right. And she told me this, that's what it's like to lose your country. Yeah, that makes sense. It's terrible. And that was about six, seven, eight years ago. And now, <laughs> I mean, to me, like, it's kind of crazy. Now, Korean baseball is exporting the players, like you said. Mm-hmm. Just about 70 years ago, that's what Koreans were dealing with. Right. You don't have food. The contrast. Your is... dog is slashed by, you know, Japanese soldiers. You can't even muster a word. You can't yeah. even scream. Because if you scream, they're going to come to you. Who knows? They're going to slash you or they're going to, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that was just not so long ago. And now Koreans go to baseball game. They drink beer. They drink whatever. And they dokboki, chicken. You get whole full Korean meal with stew, hot stone bowl, and I mean, it goes crazy. Anyway, we were talking a lot about baseball, the interest getting really long, so let me just cut the chase. So we're all this talk about baseball, I guess this show's about baseball, right? Yeah. What show is it? What's it called? It's called Stove League. Stove League? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen that. Is it on Netflix? No. That's probably why. That's my only access. <laughs> in America, it's on Vicky and Cocoa. Okay. Vicky, I think you have to be the member. On Cocoa, I think it's free. 
And if you're not familiar with Cocoa, it's like a sister company of Vicky. It's K O C O W A. They have mostly like Korean, like variety show, like、um, entertainment show kind of thing.、Mm, right. They have some dramas and movies, but yeah, it's another good website to check out stuff. And for some reason, the English title is Hot Stove League instead of just Stove League. So hot stove? Do they have the stove with the, like the sweet potatoes and stuff? Is that why it's called Hot Stove League? <laughs> That's actually what I thought in the beginning, like when I first heard the title. But no, has nothing to do with that. <laughs> actually, it does, but not in this drama. Okay. And I think it makes sense why they use that hot, the word hot for English title. Yeah. Because if you just say Stove League, I think it can be、oh, maybe confusing.、Right. So hot stove. Do you know what Stove League means? No. Are you a baseball fan? Um, I mean, I used to follow baseball, yeah, yeah. pretty closely. But when I was、What's、younger, what's your team? My team was the Cincinnati Reds. Did I just gain ten million followers from Cincinnati? <laughs> <laughs> Am I gonna have like at least thousand subscribers right after airing this episode? I I don't know. The Reds were pretty big. Um, I don't know if they are anymore. I also lived in Kansas, so the、uh, Kansas City Royals were another team I followed. So stove league means, and I had to look this up because I obviously don't know anything about baseball. <laughs> Basically, it means after the season ended, the business people, you know, the operation people,、yeah. will sit around and they'll talk about like, you know, the players scouting or sending out or, you know, changing up their yeah,、team. just to evaluate what happened and what we need and all that kind of and stuff. And then like talking about salary, yeah, you know, if they're if that's the time for certain players, but I guess it used to be because I guess baseball ends in winter before winter,、yeah. so during the winter they stop the game, and because baseball is also outdoor sports, so you don't want to play outdoors. Yeah. Um, so they do all this behind the door work during the winter. So these business people sit around the stove. Oh, okay. And they talk about it. So、That's、they、great. call this stove league.、Mm. This is American term, I guess. Koreans didn't invent this. And that's why the drama is called Stove League because this drama is not about playing the baseball. It's about the owners and the managers and stuff. Yeah. So having said that, if you don't know anything about baseball, like me. <laughs> you can still totally enjoy this drama.、Um, I didn't watch this for a long time, although it was very popular because I was like, I don't know anything about baseball. I'm not gonna watch that.、Right. You know, I know like you throw a ball, and you have to be at the base before a ball gets there. <laughs> but what always, you know, what confused me when I watch baseball, like I feel like I can、mm. enjoy the sports,、yeah. but what confused me is that sometimes, sometimes they say out before like they even try to throw the ball. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the ball flies out of the diamond shape thing. Yeah. And then the guy catches it. Yeah. And he has to throw the ball back to the, one of the base, right? The guy's running. Not always. But like he didn't even throw it. But then they said it's out already. I'm like,、yeah. what? Like he didn't even get a chance to throw the ball. <laughs> so if there's, it's three outs per inning. Just to give you a、yeah. little background, if you have two outs already. The guy hits the ball, and the guy in the outfield catches it.、Mm-hmm. That's the third out. The inning's over. So it doesn't matter who is on the base if they're running, because it's over. Because they got the third out just by catching it in the air.、Uh, That's crazy, right? 
I, I might have to re- listen to this part again to understand. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so that's what the drama is about. Drama is about the management and people behind the players, how they make the team better. Right. So it's, you know, this is baseball drama, but it's also office drama. Yeah. Disguised as baseball drama. The relationships and everything. Yeah, people in the office, right? And it's also kind of a war drama in a way, hmm. because it's not a physical battle with the like weapons, but it's a war. I mean, you think of it, any sports and any you know strategies and tactics that things they do to win the game, right? Or games or championship. I mean, it's it's crazy, and especially in this drama because the team we were talking about is not the best team. When did this come out? So. That's the big part that I want to talk about today. This mm. came out in 2019. Okay. Started airing in 2019. Four right? years ago. And Ted Lasso came out in 2020. Yeah. I really want to research this. The format and the arc of the story is very, very similar. To the point that I suspect is Ted Lasso inspired by Stove League? Hmm. For some whatever fraction possibility, Jason Sudeikis saw Stove League or heard about that. And I don't know. It's so weird. It's so similar. Did they hire an American um, team coach to come and train the team? No, not not from different country. Hmm. But that's the well, the basis of Ted Lasso is the fact that he doesn't know anything about soccer. Right. So he just he actually coached a football team like a like a really bad right, football yeah. team, and then they're like, "Hey, you're going to coach this team." But it's about more about uh, they kind of wanted to lose. That's why they hired him. So let me tell you what this drama is about, and then you can yeah. tell me whether this sounds like Ted Lasso or not. Yeah. The professional baseball team dreams have always been on the bottom of the league table, except once a long time ago when they were runner-up. So it's impossible to expect any good news from the fall baseball schedule. It's so bad that it wouldn't be shocking if the team is disbanded right away. Then, a new manager, Baek Sung-soo, joins the Dreams. He has a pretty impressive resume and transformed several last place teams into the victorious winners in a variety of sports. However, despite his wins and victories, he always had to find a new job because of the specificity of the sports. Since he has served as the manager of unpopular sports such as Sirim, which is a Korean traditional sport, hockey, and handball. The poor financial status of the companies that own the teams caused the team to disband. But now, manager Beck, with an extraordinary career track record, is given the opportunity to work in professional baseball, which is one of the two most popular sports in Korea, along with soccer. Beck Sung-soo's management skills have already been proven. However, he seriously lacks social skills. And the sports industry, where a group mentality is important, doesn't seem to be the best fit for him. He doesn't like to attend company dinners, 
and often causes trouble talking to players and staff because of his lack of conversation skill. His seemingly cold personality is not because he's too cool to socialize or too professional. He's not so friendly to his only sibling either. His younger brother was a promising baseball player until high school, but he's now disabled. They live together, but Beck doesn't care for him much. The owner of Dreams, Kwan, is the man who handpicked Beck Sun-soo as the new manager. Kwan, managing director of Dreams' parents' company, Jaesong Corporation, was actually helping his uncle, the chairman, with his hotel business. But the chairman made Kwan to take on Dreams, which was basically a demotion as the team makes the least profit for the company. He feels that the state of Dreams is like himself. He always had to walk on eggshells and felt so self-conscious, especially in front of his uncle. That's what Dreams is and always has been. So Kwan decides to hire Baek Sung-soo as the manager and use him as his puppet because Kwan has a plan for Dreams. However, the new manager who doesn't have any social skills and is not flexible in the way he works is adding new energy to the team contrary to Kwan's expectations. Under these circumstances, Kwan and Beck clash, and the fate of dreams becomes as unstable as the fight between the two. Meanwhile, Lee Se-young, who works as the head of dreams operation department, is the youngest female team leader in the history, and has worked hard to prevent the team's disbandment over the past decade. Then Baek Sung-soo gets hired as the manager. She feels that he's the least friendly person she ever worked with, but she starts to admire him when she sees Baek is very professional and does the absolute best at his job. Se-young is a supervisor to an employee, Han Jae-hee. He's the grandson of a man who owns a fairly large company, so he has never struggled in his life but he's never been happy either. So there seems to be a reason why he's working in the operation department and making so little money. So that's the very basic premise of the show. That's great. That sounds like a great plot. Yeah. I think there's a, you know, originally when you were talking about the show premise, I was thinking about the movie Moneyball. I never watched that either. <laughs> that was about... Uh, Brad Pitt? Yeah, it was, it was Brad Pitt. It was based on a true story, though, oh. about this team, uh, the Oakland A's, and how they use this sort of mathematical way to create a team that they didn't have to spend a lot of money to buy, like, star players. Mm. They're, you're just using the assets of the players that you have. So it was, a, it was someone coming in and kind of creating a new dynamic within this team. And so it was the background of that, and that was a true story. Oh. But then also it made me think, um, this premise made me think about the movie um, Major League, which was a very popular, funny comedy, like in the 2000s or late 90s, I can't remember, but I was young. And it was about a team owner Mm -hmm. who was not making money on the Cleveland Indians because they sucked every year. (laughs) And so her, her plan was to move the team to like Miami or something. So she was going to sell the team, make money off it with this big deal to a new place. Uh-huh. All they had to do was finish in last place in order for them to make the deal so she could make her money. 
But what happens is they hire a bunch of players that are like washed up and they all suck and they're uh-huh. like misfits and stuff. Well, this team of misfits come together and they end up oh. winning so that she can't. Oh. And they end up finding out that that's what was her plan. And so they're like, you know, screw her. We're going to like. That also kind of sounds like Ted Lasso-ish. Like, similar. Because the plan that yeah. Ted Lasso is like trying to disband the team, but then like. Or yeah. she wants the team to do work uh, bad because right. of the ex-husband. Her, yeah, her yeah. original plan is that in, in Ted Lasso. So when, when Ted Lasso came out, I thought about that movie too, Major League. I thought, mm. oh, this is kind of like that. But, so, um, yeah, anyway, it sounds interesting. I mean, the, the themes, there's a lot of similar themes, obviously. And Okay, then maybe not, because, I mean, what do I know? Like, I don't really watch sports, theme, drama, or movies, so... But when I first watched this, because yeah. I watched Ted Lasso first, yeah. and I only watched Ted Lasso because I like soccer, and, you know, the... I'm always kind of conflicted. Like, I don't want to call it soccer, but I don't want people to think that I like American football. So, like, Just call it football. That, like, soccer, football, that terminology thing is always so frustrating. Yeah. So when that came out, like, I mean, that's a great premise. Like, yeah. you know, football, like, oh, he's good at football, so we're going to pick him, you know. I don't know. It was, like, it was good. So I watched it. I didn't I didn't even finish the first season. But, um, you know, so I watched Ted Lasso, and... I don't know why I started Stove League, but I, I started this. And I was like, what? So I looked up, like, yeah. the profile of the two shows and turned out Stove League came out first. But it's yeah. so similar, especially right. in the way, you know, the Quan guy, he handpicked Peck as the leader. Yeah. Because he had a plan right. like that nobody thought about. And that's actually, you know, he wants the team to... He wants the team to disappear. But... What Beck's been doing is that he made it, all the other teams win, and the team got disbanded. Right. So this Quan guy, he's like, "That's what I'm gonna do. That's my punch in the gut for my uncle, who's my uncle, but he's also like, he also thinks of me as like somebody or whatever, like I'm his servant or kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So I'm gonna make this team win. Right. But I'm gonna disband the team. Yeah, I think the, I think the premise is definitely similar, and it's a good premise to, for writing. I mean, it's a it's something that you would be interested in watching, right? I mean, did yeah. you find yourself saying, "Oh, I want to watch this," right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. Very, and you know, this manager Beck character is very interesting because he's not he doesn't look like anyone who works in the sports. Mm. He's very like very individual. He doesn't like talking to people. Right. He's like somebody who needs to be in like. I don't know, in front of, like, five monitors and just analyzing stocks and stuff. <laughs> like, seriously. And, you know, he's yeah. the manager. And managers, the, you know, I mean, you, you have to analyze your games and stuff. But it's a people job, you know? Yeah, it is. You have to, yeah, you have to do that. So it's not really about the players as much, but more about the conflict of the people running the show. Running the games, running yeah, the, game. the team. So are there... Uh, do you get to know characters on the team, or is it more about the characters um, behind the scenes? A little bit of both. So you do the you do see the player side, but technically the show's set in the off season. Hmm. Okay. You don't really see like full game. There is a little bit of like game scene, like in the beginning when the team lose again, and or like in, I think they do play like some kind of friendly game or something like that, or try out something like that. So you do see the players and also the conflict between the players. Right. So on the on the outside, like they're a whole one team, but actually that some players don't get along or like 
that's one of the reasons one player went to a different team. Um, in the media, it was because of money, it was because of whatever family, but it was actually because they were they kept fighting or something like that. Okay, so we have the new manager character that was hired, and we have this kind of guy who is uh, tasked with you know trying to you know make a profit of this company or whatever. And he has this plan. So that's two of the characters. Then we also have the female character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the genesis. So tell me about the actors in the show. So the guy who plays the new manager is maybe not so popular to the international viewers. He was recently in a drama called One Dollar Lawyer. I want to watch this. I haven't, but I do want to watch it. And on Netflix, there's a show called Awaken. I don't know if it's on there as Awaken or Day and Night. Korean title is Day and Night. This one, I do want to watch it. In fact, I watched like first 30 minutes or so. It's a little bit a little bit too suspenseful for me. It is, it is not a horror show, but it's just, I don't know. Like, you know, I can't do horror, so. Right. <laughs> um, Only a specific kind of horror you can do. I do the like chopping body horror, <laughs> not the ghost horror. But um, yeah, this this felt like ghost horror kind of type, although it's not. So like I couldn't get past the first episode. But it was it's basically some kind of criminal ish, maybe a little bit of like supernatural element to it. Awaken, um, yeah. So he's in that, and he's in a lot of different stuff. But um, good actor. His name is Nam Gung Min. In fact. He won the best actor in 2020 with Stove League. Mm. So he was honored with this show. Yeah. So he won the best actor of that year. That's great. Yeah. And the woman who plays the, the female manager, yeah. the female operation team manager, she's pretty popular now because she was the lawyer in Extraordinary Ooh. Oh. Yeah. She the played main, the autistic lawyer. She was the main, yeah, the yeah. lead. So, I, I was I was wondering about that if she had gone on to do other things because I know that was a very specific like haircut she had and yeah. look and so I wasn't even sure if I would recognize her completely if yeah. she was in something else. No, that came out later. So this show right. came out in 2019 and right. Extraordinary came out last year or something. But she's a child actor, so she's been doing this for a long time. And, you know, she's one of the rare child actors that, didn't turn out to be like yeah. brats or you know like somebody struggling in the adult yeah. as an adult. She made it. She made yeah. it through. Yeah, that's good. Um, and the guy who plays the this female operation person's kind of like um, assistant associate. His name is Jo Byung Gu. He's in Uncanny Counter. Okay, which one is he in that? Or do you know? Did you have you seen that? I this one same thing. I watched the first episode, but <laughs> it talks too much Is about like ghosts and things. Is he one of the four things. superpower people? I think so. Yeah, he's one he's of the one like. Of the group, a, right? Oh, you know what? I think he is Soomun in that show. Like he's the main guy, main okay. young guy. Yeah, but I think there's Uncanny Counter season two now, so nice. I kind of do want to watch it. And the guy who plays Quan, the kind of evil ish corporation owner mm, yeah he he was in it's okay not to be okay he oh, was the okay. autistic brother who was in the hospital yeah i know him well and he was also in when camellia blooms yeah he was kind of funny 
little like loser kind of character in the village. And recently, he was in The Revenant. This was the horror show of the year、mm. with Kim Terry, the the girl from Mr. Sunshine. Yeah. So I definitely didn't even start the first minute of this show. <laughs> but <laughs> you're staying away from that one. Yeah.、Huh? But yeah, so it has really good characters, good actors in the show, which is always important for the show to do well. And what's interesting is this: this drama was written by a rookie writer. Rookie. Yeah. So she literally had zero experience writing. That was my next question: is who is the writer? Yeah, and she won. So there are a lot of contests in Korea. Yeah. That's what. That's actually one of the ways you can like start even, a career. Like, yeah, start a career or even get hired to a company. Korean, a lot of Korean big companies have like annual hiring contest kind of、nice. thing. You know, every year set date. You know, so people like it's kind of like SAT in a way. So、that's、everybody's just.、Nice. I mean, it's I don't know if it's nice, but there was a some kind of、um, a script contest,、hmm. and although it won one of the awards, the Network channel said we're not going to make that into actual show because sports shows always cost a lot of money, but they rarely do well. Was it this script that she won? This、for? very、okay. script. So although it won the word, it was hard to get picked up. Network、yeah. was like, we're not going to do it.、Hmm. And then SBS, which is one of the really big networks in Korea, they said we're going to do it. And it was a national hit. Wow! Yeah, and in fact, this won the、uh, sort of like Korean Emmy for、mm. the best show. That's great. Yeah, and obviously they had a great cast, which, like、yeah. you said, helped a lot. Yeah. Has、uh, she gone on to write other stuff yet? I guess. Nope. Nope. That was it, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's working on something else. Yeah. What's interesting about this drama to me is that. There is zero romance. Oh, good. Which I always kind of feel weird about Korean dramas because whatever the drama is about, there's always some kind of somebody likes somebody and there's、yeah. some kind of like love kind of thing developing. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of times it's unnecessary. Right. Maybe because I don't like romance kind of thing. <laughs> But yeah, in this drama, the only thing maybe hint of romance kind of thing is that the associate guy. Yeah, he kind of likes his supervisor, the girl. It, but it's it's not like a pure ro- romance. I think it's kind of like admiration and、yeah. romance or something like. That. So that's the only hint of some kind of romantic <laughs> something going on in this drama. But yeah, there's zero. I think that's cool. Dating romance. Yeah, I mean, I like shows that that do that. It just focuses on something else, you know. Yeah. It's not that I don't like dramas with. Romance. Yeah, I do like, like that、Rumko. too. Yeah, but I, I also like the movies, like or shows that are just about whatever it is. The meaning of it is, you know. Yeah. In this case, it's running a baseball team. Yeah, so it is sort of like baseball drama, but also it's business, sort of like office drama. You know, there are a lot of workplace drama. It is like that, and the reason you can still watch without knowing anything about sports is because of that. Because. You know, it's really workplace conflict and you know workplace politics. You know, in the show, people in the operation team, manager, and also their coaches, right? Like training coaches. Yeah. 
And even between the coaches, they have like these like invisible tension. Right. Like one coach is like, "Well, the guy I trained, he did so much better than the guys you trained, and in fact, my guy, <laughs> you know, all kinds of that kind of thing." Yeah. And, you know, competition and yeah. yeah, and you know, the conflict between the players, and you know, what Peck does really well is like he doesn't have any conversation skill, but he's good at. He's good at like, um, he's very patient. He's yeah. the kind of guy like he doesn't talk. He just like observe things, right? And he makes things happen. So kind of like you said, um, like Moneyball was it Moneyball? Like they don't have a lot of money because this basically yeah. this company is about to be disbanded, right? So this is like a last chance. So they're not gonna have any, you know, expensive players. So right. what back? can do is he has to sort of like manipulate the situation with other teams you know other teams with money for right. example like manchester right yeah city <laughs> a lot of money i can't believe how that team went to like became one of the best teams now yeah for a lot of years now that's i mean now it's a lot of years yeah but like wow really yeah it's true they were nothing before yeah and last year they won the treble I mean, it's just crazy for me. Like, I mean, maybe that tells you how old I am, but <laughs> my days, Manchester I think City, a and I, no offense to Manchester City fans, but yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, yeah, but that's what money does. Unfortunately, the the baseball team dreams don't have that. So, what the new manager Peck did was, you know, he went to different managers from different teams, and he's trying to figure out what these teams are trying to. Who these tr- teams are trying to scout, yeah, or let go of things like that. So he's trying to see things. He's really good at like, you know, what's that book from the like back in the day, ancient China, like the the war book. The war book. Yeah, yeah. that's the first thing I thought about when you, the art of war. Yeah, art of war. Yeah, yeah. when you're talking about the, um, it's it's not a war drama, but it is. Like, yeah. yeah. That's, so, that's exactly what he does well. I mean, it has to do with competition, right? Right. Sports is competition. Right. And so we have this individual competition, especially, you know, guys with each other and mm-hmm. girls and, and businesses especially. Right. So all of that can be framed in that. So, yeah, if you understand the art of war, maybe yeah. it makes you a better competitor. What kind of resonated with me is that, you know, those players who, you know, played the certain sports for a very long time since they were a kid and didn't quite make it to the league. So there are a few characters like that in this drama. One is the manager's brother. Hmm. So he was, I mean, everybody knows his name. So he was a very promising baseball player until high school. Yeah. And now he's on a wheelchair. And there are some um, scout managers who go to these like middle school and high school games and they just pick out kids, you right. know, and for their team later on, which um, Wenger used to do. <laughs> yeah. And there's one scout coach, he's very, he like truly cares about these kids. So he doesn't want these kids to do like 200%. Like, yeah, I know you want your name to be out there as a high school baseball player, but you got to save yourself. For this game because you have to save enough to be scouted for when you before you go to college or when you go to college and you know 
And that thing doesn't always work with the current coaches or current managers because they want their players to always do more than hundred percent so they yeah. can win the game. You they know? want they want a machine. They don't care about the person. They just right. care about they results. They don't care about basically. longevity of the players right. or anything like that. So that kind of conflict is something that we don't always think about when we watch games. And that can be that can bring conflict when, you know, this trading season comes. Yeah. You know, and one player who used to so well now is, you know, nobody wants that player. And, right. you know, when you think about the players, too, that side is really well covered in the show. Like, they have life. They're a human being, yeah. right? And some of them have family. They have, ki- they have kids. Right. There's a reason why. There's a different reason for each person why they're doing what they're doing. Right, right. right. And, you know, some players who used to be really great, but now they're just, you know, maybe looking at a year or two before they retire. So they're yeah. trying to planning their after retirement, you know. I mean, baseball is a really popular sports in Korea, but the net worth and maybe the business side, like you said, these players don't make that much money compared yeah. to, like, some of the big-name players in America. Yeah, of course. So, you know, they have to think about what we're going to do when I retire. My kids are still young and things like that. And, I mean, there's so much going into you know one sports even just one team and basically this drama covers everything but the game itself <laughs> <laughs> everything but six hours of game yeah so it's kind of a cool behind the scenes of a whole yeah. industry yeah, yeah i like that it's not neat. just the business but also like humanities like um you know as a human they what are they humans. deal with yeah they are not robots I'm sure that's why I was able to keep watching this because it's about business. Hmm. And I feel like any business drama, there's a, some kind of theme of um, money versus human. Right. And You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because your contrast of uh, when you brought up Man City too. Mm-hmm. The consensus is that Man City buys players. Right. Because they have money. Right. And like you said, that's short-term success, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't mean you're going to have longevity. It means, oh, we're going to buy these players now. We're going to win this year. And if they leave tomorrow, that's fine. We'll just buy more players. But they're going to spend a lot of money every year to keep winning. Right. The other approach to that is, oh, no, we're going to buy young players or we're going to grow young players within our group. That's what Wenger used to like to do. Yeah. And that never really worked out well. I mean, some did, but yeah. Well, he didn't. You got you have some combination of both, I guess. But what, like for example, Arteta is doing at Arsenal is right. he has the youngest team in the league, but he's thinking about long term. Yeah, and he's spending money, but he's buying young players because he wants these players For a to last. Price, yeah, and he wants them to be bought into what they're doing. But right. that's the mentality of, you know, a career versus whatever right. like hey these these players that's thinking about their lives you know they're going to grow up they're going to be with arsenal for 10 years they're going to have families here right it's going to be more about the club and the family atmosphere not just about hey we're going to come in yeah. we're going to win this year and then whatever happens tomorrow it doesn't matter yeah i mean i supported that philosophy of wenger yeah. and i still i still believe like what he said like you know it's not all about all about winning you know yeah i mean maybe that's very his French. timing well his timing too with because he spent he's they he created emirates yeah you know that yeah. was the transitional period anyway um you know what's funny is like some of these player actors like baseball player actors 
they look like baseball players, <laughs> but they're not. They're not at all. And there's like one actor who plays like this kind of legendary baseball player. So the one time that Dreams was runner up in the league season, that's when they had this player. Okay. And he had like, it didn't, the news didn't go out like that, but in fact, like he left the team because of like personal conflict with other people in the team. I mean, he looks like actual baseball player. He's like tall and like fit in a way. And, you know, right. so I looked him up and he's actually a um, singer, oh, like the opera singer. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, he has like a pretty extensive resume as like opera singer. So and, you had never seen him act before? No. That's crazy. But he's, he, he's acting's pretty good. And you know, like <laughs> he's a singer and he's playing a baseball player. I know. I was that like, is good acting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. Like, if you're a classical tr- singer, what's the what's the focal point of this uh, this show, this drama? Uh, I think it's the stories behind the characters. So it kind of looks like good and bad in the first episode or so, but like good versus yeah, good, good versus evil yeah. kind okay. of thing because. It's kind of a black and white. The new manager is like, kind of like you know, he's like a robot. Okay, like, a robot. <laughs> yeah, he like he just works and has no like human interactions or, you know, he's good at what he's done, what he does. But you know, it's just kind of weird guy. And you know, the rich guy. You know, he looks rich. He's the like nephew of this you know big corporate. Right. But. You can kind of sense that that's not just the, the all of his story. Yeah. So something more is going. Yeah. On. So as you watch more, you find out why they are the way they are, and how those characters yeah. find out about each other. Yeah. So that. kind of the discovery of uh, yeah each character and and their stories and and their motivation really right right why they're doing what they're doing right, right. yeah. So it's kind of it's not so obvious at first. Right. That's and cool. Same thing with the, you know, the female operation team leader. Yeah. You know, there's a reason that she's been working there for 10 years. I mean, if you're the first female baseball business, you know, person. Yeah. You could probably go anywhere with that resume. Right. You, know, you don't have to be in the team that's always like a loss in the table. But it turns out that the team has special meaning to her. Mm. And I feel like if you're... If you're a baseball fan, you can probably relate to that. She talks about her childhood memory with the team Dreams. Gotcha. What that meant and what she used to do with her dad and, you know, all that. And, you know, and she says, you know, that's why I don't care about, yeah, I want the team to win. But that's why it's not just about Dreams winning or losing, you know. She has a history. Right. Yeah. I I like to, I was going to say this uh, earlier, but just that it's called Dreams. You know, mm, it's the, the kind yeah. of metaphor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, there's a scene that, you know, when both the characters and viewers start to figure out, like, okay, these characters have their own story. They're not just born evil or they're not born robot. Right. <laughs> so the two, the Quan guy from the corporation and the new manager, they go out to, like, a street bar, like a... Yeah, like one of the ones on the sidewalk. Yes, I walk with a tent, yeah. So they go out there and kind of funny to see this rich guy in a nice suit sitting in the tent bar and 
he asked to he asked the new manager to join him, and he's like, "Hey, have a have a glass." And he's like, "Well, why would I drink something so bitter with somebody I don't even like?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, it sounds like your life's been pretty easy, wow. easy ride." Yeah. What's so bitter about this? Life is more bitter. Huh. Life is bitter. And he says, if you understand how bitter life is, soju doesn't taste bitter at all.、Mm. So I feel like that was the first moment that they kind of opened up to each other, and Quan was showing her his vulnerable side、right. to this manager. It's like, hey, I'm not just this, you know. Yeah.、Like、yeah. Entitled. Like, yeah. Entitled nephew. You know, I also am a human. That kind of thing. Yeah. There's a player. Who's、um, was that catcher? The guy behind the better? Yeah, the catcher, the right, one, with、yeah. the mask and stuff.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, always looks like a kind、pitches. of ninja turtle. Yeah, he takes the pitches, <laughs> so he has to have that protective.、Uh... Yeah.、Um, so there's a character who's a catcher, and he's sort of like kind of like a you know like a bad kid kind of kid、mm-hmm. character.、Mm-hmm. So he he's working hard, like he does what he's supposed to do. <laughs> he trains himself, and、right. you know whatever. But he's not like he's not so friendly towards the business team and management. Right. And he's like, "What do you want?" You know, kind of like always, little you know, unfriendly. And the manager Peck, as much as you know, like lacking social skills and whatnot, he's the one that makes him talk.、Mm. What the issue is, and of many things, what catcher says is, "Do you know any catcher who never had hernia?" <laughs> so he's saying he、uh, he's always in shape and takes care of himself and never、right. got injured like all the other catchers. Well, yeah, but also he's saying like you know the catcher is not an easy job. Oh right, gotcha. You know, every catcher suffers at least one hernia every、right. year. You know they it's we're not just because we're sitting around <laughs> in the game doesn't mean you know. Yeah. So he's trying to like appeal this side and. You know, I never thought about that because I kind of thought the same. Like, what's the job with the catcher? And I always feel like, you know, how they like referees saying like it's safe or out or something like that with the, the catchers. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, how do you know? Like that to me looks like out. That to me looks like I don't know. Like it just, I always kind of like, I don't know. I guess I was disrespectful to catchers. <laughs> But that's I'm probably not the only one. I think that's why they put that story in this. Yeah.、Show. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a good.、Uh, I mean, I think to understand all the intricacies of baseball and what each player's role is. Yeah. I mean, you have to understand. I think the catcher is a good one to do that. I mean, he's literally squatting behind the plate. Right. You know, and that's that's tough. Like standing <laughs> or getting in a ready position is one thing, but he's squatting down, man. And, yeah. And he's got all the gear, so he's the hottest one. You know, and、yeah. he also takes. You know, pitches to the face. He's getting the ball thrown at him every single pitch. Yeah. Every other player is waiting around for the ball to come to him. You know? Right. But this guy, every single pitch, and he's got to throw it back. Right. And then when the base runners come around home, it's him they have to run through. Mm-hmm. So、right. a lot of times you got to stand tall with the ball、right. and hold onto the ball. And the the runner's job is to say, you know what, I'm going to try to knock that ball out of that catcher's hands because、mm-hmm. if I do, then I score. So he's gonna get beat up. It's it's tough for sure. Yeah, it's、so. interesting. Plus, 
the joke too is like when the batter from the other team comes in the box to hit, mm-hmm. the catcher like has an opportunity to like get in his head. So he's like, oh my God. hey, what's up, little boy? Like, <laughs> oh my God. You're not having a good day, are you? Oh, this one's going to blow right by you. You know, that's what you always see in movies um, and TV shows because they can talk to each other. Right, you know? right. He can also talk to the umpire, you know. Um, it's, it's an interesting position. So I think that's kind of cool they, they tapped into that position specifically. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you just actually reminded me that in Major League Baseball, yeah, you kind of rotate. So even if you're a pitcher, you still like hit the ball, or you become like you do. Yeah, uh, not there's two leagues. There's a in the Major League Baseball. There's like the American League and right. the National League. One league, uh, the pitcher doesn't hit. Oh, really? Yeah, I, th- I can't remember if it's the American or National. They have a, what's called a designated hitter come in and hit for them in the lineup. Uh-huh. But the other league, the pitcher has to hit. Um, so he's one of the nine people that hits, and like they're not usually very good at hitting. So it's is kind that of what a waste. Ryu played in? Because Ryu was Ryu was a he, he, he was a pitcher. Yeah, and so, then he had to like yeah. And because the Dodgers are were in the National League, yeah, all the pitchers had to hit. Okay, because I remember like yeah. Ryu's interview with the Korean media. He was pretty good, too. He was saying, like, yeah, because in Korea, like, if you're a pitcher, you're a pitcher for the rest of your life. If right. you're a batter, you you only hit the ball for the rest of your life. So yeah. you don't change position. Right. And I remember the interview, um, they asked him, like, you know, language barrier or anything like that. He's like, you know, the most challenging thing is that I have to be a batter. Right. And I have to run. Right. Which I've never... Never had like, to worry yeah. about. Yeah. So, and I remember seeing his games and stuff and... And, you know, he's joking. He's nicknaming Korea. It's like, do uh, you fatty or something? Right. And it kind of sounds derogatory, but it's not. It's kind of like a funny, cute way. Like, everybody said, do uh, you piggy or something like that? Because he's yeah. a pretty big guy, yeah, especially yeah. for a Korean. So, you know, for Koreans, seeing him run. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of like run, a little like fun. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 yeah, I think a lot of people say said that in like Korean words. So like, like yeah, do, it was kind of funny to see do, him like running. Dwechi, yeah, Talida. Talida. So it was kind of funny, and like people talked about that, and like, oh, do you fatties want to run? Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that was difficult because some people are really good. Like, there's a. You know, I think Ryu was pretty good, surprisingly. I think he was, yeah. yeah. Back in the day, like, um, people like Babe Ruth, for example. Right. He yeah. was also known as a pitcher. Huh. They usually played both sides, but over the years, I don't know when that rule changed. They stopped. They're like, you know what? A pitcher's pretty hard. Let's let's make it easier. So. Huh. Yeah, I, so I, I, I don't know about if... That. That's interesting that that came up. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And there's something else that came up, um, I guess, Korean Baseball League starting this year, actually, 2023. Yeah. They don't do I don't know what this means they they said uh, they don't do two games in a row or something like that but they do three games in a row and it sounds like when you travel to different like team yeah you play two games and you come back but they don't do that anymore that you do three games and come back and okay and then I guess you you're missing a couple games because you're supposed to play however many games per season and I guess you're gonna do that every other year that team's going to get that every other year. I don't know. It's like some number <laughs> of people figure things out. So Well, one thing they do in the major league is, like, for example, if the Dodgers are going to tra- travel to San Francisco, yeah, they'll play three games. Not in one day. It's just a three-game right, right. three stretch. Yeah. So maybe it's 
to cut down on the excessive travel. So if you only do two games, you're in and your games, you're and then you're leaving again, right away. Like, yeah. But three three games, maybe you get a little more rest right. or something like I that. I think so that's maybe, the, yeah. yeah. Maybe to do with that. But yeah, um, yeah, just kind of made me think, I don't know how the conversation came here. I was just, we were just <laughs> talking about catcher and I was thinking like, I don't know if in American League, um, if catcher becomes pitcher also or right. better. Or, but yeah. I feel like catcher's special position. So they yeah, for do. sure. Very special. They're, they're usually pretty good hitters too. Hmm. But uh, yeah, baseball is very interesting. Yeah, I, I know there are like so many books about like baseball and philosophy, baseball and yeah. American culture, and right. like how three outs actually embedded in American culture, yeah, three strikes and like you're in out. The, yeah, a lot of the legal outs. system, and something all this about stuff. the number three. Yeah, they did well with that in baseball. It's all about the number three. Yeah, I feel like I could enjoy baseball, but. Every time I try to like get into it, it's it's a little too slow. It is slow. You're right. Same reason I can't do yoga. Hmm. It has it has to be a little bit more intense than that. You need more action. Yeah. So for this this show, um, how does it end? It sounds like we're you know we're watching people kind of we're learning about the characters throughout the show and like who they really are. So. Yeah. It's more of like just looking at that, seeing that. But, however, I know it has a plot, and we want to figure out what happens. So does it end well? Does it end happy? Does it end sad? Does it end kind of yeah, cliffhanger? So, um, the ending is kind of... <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, the big plot of the show is that the team's not good, and the parent company's trying to sell the company or disband the company, right. uh, disband the team. And this nephew guy, the Quan guy, he, you don't really figure out what his plan is in the beginning, why he picked the manager pack right. as his guy. Um, but you find But it's later? very similar to Ted Lasso in that sense. Okay. You know how she's like intentionally want, trying to make this team that's soccer team to lose so yeah it's a game for her because she's trying to get ex- back at yeah. her ex-husband yeah but her her relationship changes over the right. first season so, so it's very similar to that gotcha I don't want to spell anything but just know that you know whatever her name was I forgot um, so her view on the team and relationship with ex-husband and you know all that that's very very similar so mm. that's sort of what happens in this show great and the team Survives, <laughs> but in a different way. Not the way we expect. And you know the thing is, this manager back guy, he always goes to the team and you know turns the team hundred percent right around, and you know he leaves. Right. So throughout the show, you're wondering, you're kind of getting anxious if he's gonna do the same. Yeah. Because you kind of grow. Yeah, you like him. You end up liking him. I would yeah. imagine. So and, you kind of want him to stay. And also the team. Like, you, you like start to really, yeah. yeah, like each player and then the team, and you become, like, Dream's fan. Right. So at the end, you want the team to do well. You want the team to win the league, win the season, and, mm. you know. And it does happen, in a way, but not, like, cliche. Like, okay, now the team's on the top, and everybody's right. happily ever after. The manager's going to be permanent manager. He's going to go into down, down into history. Right. It's not like that. So it's just... More so the reason you have to watch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Surprise, you have to watch. That's cool. It sounds good. I like I like the premise. It's a really cool show. You know, if you liked Ted Lasso, if you like sports, if you don't like sports, you know, it's 
it's really for everyone. It's very time appropriate. Okay. Because doesn't everyone watch baseball in this? Yeah, the seasons. Um, the seasons started. The seasons. Um, yeah, the seasons like getting close to. You know, it's right. We're right in the middle of the season. Yeah, I th- I looked it up. It says uh, um, October at the end of October is when they do like playoff. Mm, okay. You know, like the final. Yeah. Whatever. It's playoff, right? Uh, it is playoffs, I believe. World Series. World Series is what is I was trying the, to say. Is, yeah. yeah, it's the final. Yeah. That's how much you know about baseball. <laughs> you did well. Maybe um, you learned a little bit about baseball. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. Well, when you watch it, like, as much as it doesn't matter if you know the baseball or not, if you know the rules of baseball or not, like, you know, you get to learn a little bit. Yeah, hopefully you can just enjoy it. Yeah. You know, you take it all in. I think... The last thing I'll say about baseball and kind of how it's ingrained in the fabric of American culture, mm-hmm. one of the biggest things was during the time that it was really popular, you know, in the 1900s, 1920, 1940, you know, that stretch, you had a lot of fathers that maybe didn't know how to talk to their kids. Mm. And the way that they were able to communicate with their sons was, oh, hey, let's go outside and play catch. Right. Mm. And so that was their bond. Yeah. Because fathers didn't always know how to talk to their kids. Right. Yeah. We didn't. We weren't as learned about that. And then they would take them to the games. And so these kids that grew up with their fathers teaching them about baseball, you know, that's Mm. part of the nostalgia. That's part of the part of the game. And I don't know if that still happens, but it's unique. Yeah, I feel like I see that in movies and stuff. I think it still happens. It's one of the few sports that that is a really true connection. I don't know if you can do that with every sport. You can do that with some sports, but definitely with baseball. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining today. And if you haven't, go check out Korean baseball game or food, whatever, on YouTube. It's really fun. And, you know, that guy, what was his name? More Best Ever Food Review Show. Like, yeah, he, he covered really good Korean baseball culture and food. I mean, it's mostly mukbang, like, food YouTube, but yeah, it's really fun to watch him. Yeah, I really want to go to a Korean baseball game now to eat good food. Um, well, speaking of food, I'm going to go eat some breakfast and stuff. Well, thanks for having me. See you next time. Thank you. Bye.